It's just showtime. That's his, that's the catchphrase he's decided goes at the start of the podcast. <laughs> you know I'm going to put this on my resume at some point, right? Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to. I'm partially responsible for the genre, so do you want me to introduce it? I don't mind. My brain is stuck on the idea of Brian on his resume putting the shit show <laughs> And he's like, oh, man, listen to Lesson, lesson 11, where I described the dude having sex with a goat. It's fire. Uh, <laughs> um, yep. I'm also going to list you as a reference on it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay, Christian. Christian, introduce the thing. Okay, welcome to the shit show. This genre, unlike perhaps something like Haunted Airplane that I feel passionately about, kind of happened by accident because there's an Irish movie on this list called Isolation and it's a movie that I think is often overlooked and thinking about how would I pair that into a genre another movie came to mind which is also about killer livestock which is The Revenge of Billy the Kid so we had Isolation, The Revenge of Billy the Kid and then wanted a third one and I had been aware of uh, Black Sheep but had never watched the movie so the Holy Trinity kind of came together This is the thing, in terms of like quality I think the middle two could be flipped around although I think Isolation is better than Black Sheep, the Black Sheep one obviously I think had a little bit more money thrown at it maybe. Do we want to start with Black Sheep and somebody introduce it? Black Sheep is a movie about genetically modified sheep that get a thirst for blood on this station which is the Kiwi word for a ranch. It's family owned there's two brothers, the older brother uh, remains on the farm. The younger brother goes and fucks off and develops ovinophobia because he's scared of sheep. The older brother that stays on the station hires some creepy scientists to make a super sheep, but the creepy scientists have ulterior motives to make animal-human hybrids, and yeah, it all goes awry. That's enough. Yeah, for now, we'll get into the finer points of the movie. I thought this movie started off really strong. Just the sequence of the main character, Henry. He has this pet sheep, and he's like, oh, where's where's my sheep? And it turns out that his brother has killed the sheep, skinned it, and then, like, strung the carcass from the ceiling of the barn and, like, drops it down on his younger brother and pops out and just completely traumatizes his brother. And it's at that moment that they learn that their dad died. <laughs> and it's like, wow, okay, you just, like, created the worst day possible for this kid as the opening. Yeah, that was fucking savage. It's never referenced again either, but the, the older sociopath kid has a leg brace on. And I was like, oh, I wonder, was there some reference about New Zealand and the time? Also, I couldn't figure out exactly. It's set during modern day, but the flashback scene looked like it was... Old timey? Yeah, old timey. It didn't look like it was New Zealand in the 80s, unless there's like... I think it's just rural. Yeah, that like like weird di- time dilation that happens between different countries where maybe New Zealand in the 80s did look like Mm. 1950s or something, you know? And then it jumps forward, and yet again, this is going to be a good film to contrast with Isolation, because this is a New Zealand film. People think the New Zealand accent and Australian accent are kind of funny, so when they were making a film about killer sheep on a farm, it was always going to be a comedy, and it's funny to contrast that with Isolation, which did the incredible thing of not making a funny film. Not intentionally. But, like, let's talk about this one, because this is the more obvious 
Oh, it's about killer sheep, so it's going to be a comedy. Maybe of the three, I enjoyed this one the least. And I felt tonally it was a bit all over the place. I felt it started off strong. And like a lot of these movies, it started to crumple under the weight of its own ridiculousness. And some of that's enjoyable and some of it isn't. What I did enjoy, there was a huge amount of practical effects in this. It definitely stays wacky throughout. And... um... I think my favorite gag is that they're in a truck and they're struggling with a killer's sheep and uh, two of them are in the back and they're trying to start up this chainsaw and it's taking forever and they're like, oh no, you need to prime it. (laughs) And so they finally get it going and then of course they just lose it off the side. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they go through proper chainsaw maintenance and then they rip the cord and it's a little engine in someone's hands that's never had it and just goes flying out of its hands off the truck. They're just like, oh, fuck. Along that vein, I also like the hippie girl that takes their gun yeah and like they go off into the woods or whatever. Experience. Yes, experience. Thank you. That name is fucking amazing (laughs) Um, (laughs) she she takes a gun from their truck and like kidnaps henry and his friend tucker Tucker, his maori friend tucker and and, like holds him up in the woods and tucker's like you gotta you gotta turn the safety off and he's like nope up nope to left nope up down all right and he's like all right let me just let me show you. And he, Let me show you. <laughs> he hands him the gun and he turns the safety off. He's like, here you go. He's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Keep <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Just kidding. No, it just is. He makes like he's going to hand it back to her. And then he's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> I, I also really liked all the humor around the hippie girl. Like she's trying to coach this guy with his sheep phobia. And he, she's like, feel the energy moving through the earth. And he's like, I feel it. And she's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, all all the New Age digs were were pretty funny. Once again, there was a lot of, like, New Zealand dry humor in this, where it was like, this is obviously a gag, but they're not, like... Hitting you over the head with it. Exactly. Yeah, and and it's funny, it it was shot in uh, Wellington, which is where our killer armchair movie was shot as well. So, yeah, the gags have that peculiarity to them, where I think for an Irish audience... The New Zealand sense of humor works pretty well. I don't know how well it travels. Eh, these guys liked it, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it travels pretty well. Um, I don't know, did anybody look at the, the little little featurette about the making of this movie? There was a few interesting things. The guy who made it, big Evil Dead fan. and um, mm, That makes sense. Yeah, and uh, that terrible Peter Jackson movie. You know that really uber-violent Peter Jackson movie? I forget what it's called from the 80s. King Kong? No, no, Brain Dead. Brain, Brain Dead. Dead, yeah. And um, it was actually Peter Jackson's effects house that agreed to take on this movie. Was it Weta Workshop that did this? Originally, and then they got snowed in with the Half-Life movie. And somebody else took it over. And you, you know how there's a lot of... Um, at the And this is kind of the effects that I enjoyed. The half-human hybrids of the sheep. The guy who met this was a huge American werewolf in London fan. So, Clearly, yeah, so yeah, yeah. those transformations obviously lean heavily on American Werewolf in London. And they're fun. Some of them are fun. Uh, and there was some of them, I don't know, maybe it was just when I was watching it. Did some of them benefit from some CG finishing on them? Or was it just my eye? When they had some of the transition scenes where like they just sped up someone shaking their head a whole bunch. Obviously CGI there. But when Oliver turns into spoilers, obviously turns into a a sheeple Uh, at the end it's a full practical effects like american werewolf yeah yeah, stand the transition to monster 
They're silly and they're ridiculous, but I enjoy them all the same. Yeah, it's a little Easter egg. Everybody loves Easter eggs. It did seem like they did it kind of backwards where they showed a fully transformed sheep person and then did the transformation later, but whatever. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird part where they, where they just wanted to show... They thought you would be so entranced by the transformation. It didn't matter so much that it happened out of order, but to us, it all came across as weird. I think they wanted to hop on the crazy train pretty early. Choo-choo. Yeah, but then he referenced being a huge big fan of Braindead. Braindead just keeps going up and up and up. Have have you guys seen Braindead? No. No, I've seen enough clips from Braindead to have a fair idea of what it is. I've seen Braindead, and it is easily the craziest zombie-esque movie. Like, it's way crazier than evil dead is for instance in terms of like frenetic action and it just keeps going up like it only accelerates upwards you know whereas this one was a bit more back and forth and back and forth because it was enjoyable but it was the least notable i think out of the three in terms of like what it was doing and stuff i don't know I think that the sort of Evil Dead-esque comedy horror is a little less prevalent in the horror movie genre than, I don't know, Isolation, which it just is, uh, here's the traditional sequence of monster movies. Oh yeah! We're going to get into that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We'll get into it, but here's, there's reasons why I think Isolation sticks out, but it might be in the context of Irish-made horror movies. Yeah. So this film was enjoyable but it was more or less exactly what you you'd think it was yeah. like there wasn't I, there wasn't anything it was it was well made and competent and it did the job but i don't think there was anything stand out ish mm. about it like for instance this film was very hard to find on the on the interwebs you could purchase a dvd of it but that was about it for ability to watch it online. Because the third film we're going to watch, that's just on YouTube. Because somebody was like, no, we can't let this die. I watched it. You have to watch it too. <laughs> I remember this movie in theaters and video shops here when it came out. Yeah. But have you thought about it since? No. But it was always there in the back of the mind, which is why... It just kind of got tacked on as the third one for this accidental sort of genre, which is killer lifestyle. And I don't wonder, Christian, because since you you didn't like Killer Sofa as much as we did, I don't wonder if it isn't really raised by watching it with other people. Oh, qu- oh quite possibly. And, and I think there's two movies in the genre that benefit from having an audience with you. Yes. All that being said, what I will say about Black Sheep, though, is that, like, I watched the making of Featurette, and I mean, there was a huge amount of production in terms of animatronics and practical effects, and we all kind of have a soft spot for that, so they got some of it quite right and other parts of it quite wrong. It's a frustrating movie. You feel this could have been something quite terrific, maybe. Uh, I think they did, a, like, as a funny... Sh- I, You know, I'm not sure they could have been improved upon... It was a little bit sloppy, but not incredibly yeah. sloppy. Yeah. And I think yeah. they did... Oh, the one thing I want to bring up, which is important in, in contrasting this film to the other two films, in this film, the sheep farm is idyllic and pastoral yes, and, yes. and bucolic... And it's lovely. And then the evil sociopath <laughs> kid, uh, who's now an adult man, who runs the farm while his, his sheep phobia brother went off to live in the city. When he comes back to it, he's perverted it and changed it by doing genetic engineering on it. This is the thing that's different to the other two films. Is the, In the other two films, the farms start off creepy and gross. And then other stuff happens on top of the farms being creepy and gross. Maybe because of the farms being creepy and gross, others, other horrible aberrations are allowed to prize themselves in. 
And that is very different to like a lot of the scenes in this film were filmed during beautiful sunlight. There's like even Lord of the Rings type shots of our characters walking across these lovely looking hills and stuff like no, none of that in the next two movies. So this this film is different in that like, you know, the sheep farm itself is lovely and idyllic looking. And isn't it a shame that this guy wrecked it through genetic aberrations? Speaking of perverted. Yes. Do you think he fucked sheep before he got infected by the sheep virus in this movie? Oh, 100%. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. That's the vibe that I got, too, was the older brother was definitely sexually attracted to sheep. Yeah, that that was the big twist, is that he was able to genetically modify the sheep with his sperms. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that was the big reveal when, when the two brothers have their confrontation at the end. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, it was a sperm donation. This film, despite being the comedy film, has one of the grossest twists ever. So the evil sociopath brother is trapped in the room with the prize sheep, the genetically engineered sheep. The sexy sheep. The sexiest. Yeah, the sexy sheep. And when the good brother breaks in, the guy has his pants down and like he's had made love to the sheep. And then he also explains that the sheep is related to him. So, I mean, not only did the dude have sex with a sheep, but he had sex with a sheep that has a significant amount of his own genetic material in it. Mm -hmm. And that is like... It's the classic sheeple-ganger conundrum. If you're trapped in a room (laughs) with a sheep that's mostly you, do you fight it or do you fuck it? (laughs) Well, he did. they did both at various stages. Well, that guy did. (laughs) Damn right they did. To be fair, though, it's a fairly well-worn trope, that thing, you know. Yeah, oh no, for sure. And all three films get into the horror of human-animal hybridization type stuff. And I think Isolation is the one that does it in the most subtle way. Like the other two, it's directly like a gross farmer guy having... Well, I guess in in Black Sheep... I'm not sure they do it that much in Isolation. Not as uh, pronounced. Yeah, no, but the virus... Well, we can get into it with Isolation. In fact, what other things do we have to say about this film? I think it was adorable. I loved all the scenes with the actual sheep that had just the like their mouths sheep. painted painted red like they were eating people but it's like oh this is just so cute Brian makes an excellent point and that's something I've forgotten all those scenes where there was like regular sheep no it's just like they aren't scary at all but you forgive it in like a different film that was supposed to be scary like Night at the Lepus or something you might have gone this is garbage but it worked in this film the cutting back to shots of just ordinary sheep with some red stuff around their muzzles it's mm-hmm. funny yeah because it, it I had watched Night of the Lepus and yeah that was the first thing I was reminded of um, when I saw the sheep with the red painted on, yeah, and it it yeah it works moderately well here. Whereas in Night of the Lepus, it doesn't. So I have one question, Christian. At the end, when the new sexy sheep, the super sheep, is being revealed by the older brother, there's a stampede of sheep that come in and yeah, yeah. and plow everybody over. It looked like real sheep. From what I remember, that was the only CG yeah, shot. That, that that was a CG shot. Okay, because mm-hmm. it looked like they took a stampede of real sheep and then just CGI'd it in the back of Doubled all it up. people. Yeah, there's around. one shot where there's this convincing. A, a big stampede of sheep come over the crest of a hill, and I believe that is a CG shot. Okay. I also uh, quite like the ending, where they take this ridiculous idea to like kind of a funny conclusion where they they're curing all the people who turned into sheep and they're just 
traumatized because they like remember that they were eating people and they're just like huddled in a pen it's pretty great happy happy ending though you're not supposed to think about that too hard (laughs) yeah that was that was super fucked up i think we all noticed that where like they're hurting all the sheep people the sheeple corralling them and injecting them with the cure and they're all just huddled in a corner incoherent and shaking and everybody's like yay we did it and it's like no you have these fucking people who are gonna be traumatized for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. Yeah, pretty great. <laughs> this was a fun movie. Okay. Isolation time? Oh, boy, oh, boy. So, isolation. In the context of Irish horror films, as we've discussed with, like, Black Sheep, there's often a temptation to make it a funny f- horror film because, first off, that's, like, a safety net. It's easier to hide behind the fact that, um, oh, it's funny. So you can forgive our garbage special effects and obvious no budget because it all hides <laughs> under the veneer of being funny. So Isolation did a very brave thing, and we can we can argue about how successfully it did it. And it's like, no, no, this is a film set on an Irish farm, and it's just a straight-up horror film. Like, it doesn't try to be funny. I can't even remember, is there any gag lines in the entire movie? There's no gags. Mm-mm. Yeah, and it's just so bleak. It gave me the heebie-jeebies, like, all the memories, all the grossest parts you remember if you I learned a lot Irish... about you watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, if you have any kind of, like, heebie-jeebies about gross memories of gross things that happen on farms, this isolation film, like, for the first half hour of the movie there's no spooky things it's just a film about the horrors of there's a scene where a calf is birthed and that scene oh, terrible. so it's terrific. Terrific. terrific yeah and it's and that's not that's not a there's no horror there's no supernatural there's no spooky thing that's just a really rough calf birthing scene and that is just that's just like farm that's just farm life and we're all there cringing <laughs> and squirming and the so yeah so it's a horror film about a genetic experiment on cows to make them breed faster but guess what it all goes haywire that's basically so it cow, yeah and the cat and the cow the, there's a calf born and out of the calf it sounds ridiculous when you say it the calf is itself pregnant <laughs> with these other things and it dies very quickly in a horrific scene which yet again nothing in that scene happens in a way that's unusual there's like a sickly calf and they need to put it down and then the mother cow cow goes nuts and it's all just like a tragedy of errors but errors that could totally happen on a farm and so there's a horrific scene about putting down this mother cow and putting down the calf and then it turns out that inside the baby calf there's these horrible mutant things that they think are dead because they don't look like they could live but guess what they are alive of course and then it just it just gets worse yeah great now please keep talking about what you hate farms yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of the director, and he's a guy called Billy O'Brien, and I've watched all the movies he's made. And he grew up on a farm, and he wanted to channel. I think there was a bit of therapy in this. He wanted to channel all of the things you've mentioned, Michael, all of the quite everyday but quite horrific things about farm life. He wanted to channel. But before we get into the movie, the thing I want to say about this movie, one of the reasons I like it is if you haven't grown up on a farm, the very hostile environment of a industrial farm or even a a largish farm combined with the cinematography in this film which i think is brilliant it felt and and this might be too much praise but it felt just as imposing and just as gross as the nostromo in alien you know it had that dark wet claustrophobic semi-industrial sort of just i thought it was great the way it looked 
this movie. Well, it wasn't just a normal farm. It was a failing farm, as Mike pointed out while we were watching the movie. It's not like a thriving farm that's doing great. It's a failing farm, and maybe that's why this guy agreed to like have his cows genetically experimented on because he needed money. That's pointed out in the film, yeah. He, he's in financial trouble, which is how he got into yeah. this mess. But there's like a milking parlor in it, and if you lit that differently, maybe you could make it look nice, but this milking parlor, yeah, it looks like one of the random gross industrial places in the Nostromo. And like, as someone who doesn't have a great love of farms anyway, because of memories of how they looked growing up, yeah, like, it's just, it's this is this is the nightmare version of a farm I would dysfunctionally fantasize about being trapped on, you know? Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I was glad you pointed out all the things that I didn't really notice, like, after you pointed out, oh, yeah, this is all the milking stuff and pasteurization shit, I was like, oh, yeah, that's obviously what it is. I mean, I've been to farms, but not, like, dairy farms or whatever. It made sense after it was pointed out, but as it was happening, my brain didn't realize, like, oh, this is a completely normal thing. Yeah. Instead of, why are all these gross things hanging? What is this, <laughs> some sort of Hellraiser set? <laughs> yeah, and that's, as I said, cinematographically, that is definitely one of the strengths of the movie. Yeah is what he did with that location. Just to play devil's advocate here, if you were to critique this movie, what you could say is that, well, look, this is just robbing all of its tropes and notes from Alien and The Thing. Mm. There's so many shots that said that looked like the Nostromo, but there's also a shot where the two guys are walking across the farm at nighttime and they're both wearing parkas from John Carpenter's The Thing. The big woolly parkas with the big woolly thing around the head. And I went, this is The Thing I'm watching. To be fair, it's it's hard to not take inspiration from those movies. Yeah. To counter that critique, which would be fair, I would say, yes, it's the Nostromo, but it's a goddamn farm. He managed to recreate Alien on an ordinary farm. <laughs> like... mm. The film, for all its flaws, and there are flaws, I suppose as well, and this is something you touched on as well, Michael, the fact that it's an Irish horror film, I'm always going to go easier on it because there isn't that many very good Irish horror films. So you're always inclined to cut it more slack. And the fact that it uses a location that's distinctly Irish, it's a rundown schlubby dairy farm, and does something quite wonderful cinematically with it. The effects are practical, but they held up pretty well. I mean, this movie is... Uh, we can we can disagree on that one, yeah. I think. It's 15 mm. years old. Lagan, tell us what you felt about this. I thought the parts where before it became a cow alien movie <laughs> made me more horrified, like swinging the calf around and everything, just in the ridiculous grotesqueness of it. But I think their puppets didn't really do it for me especially like when it was clearly just lying there and kind of like twitching the like the one motor they could make it like twitch about i'm right there with you if you think about the monster itself it's like oh this is just like a bony slug cow and how's it ever going to catch anything to hurt it yeah the budget they were working with it would have been way easier to go oh we'll make it into a comedy film then the people won't care that the the monster we made looks garbage but the fact that they chose to make it a legitimate horror film... Yeah, stuck with their guns. They stuck to their guns, despite the fact that the monster wasn't the greatest looking monster. But I think it was good enough looking, and it was, it was, I was pleased that they didn't feel the need to... So there's another Irish horror film, which pe- lots of people like, called Grabbers. And it is quite <laughs> enjoyable. But yet again, they felt the need to make it into a comedy film. Because, you know, like the fear that nobody would take it seriously because it's Irish... So Grabbers is a comedy, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a safe bet. I don't take any of you idiots seriously. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with the point Michael's making. I suppose why I like this film, because it's it just feels like it's craven, and it feels like it's lazy, and it feels like 
you don't have any courage if you just go you know what we'll do it as a comedy and i've seen other movies like that and it's why i like isolation because as you say they stuck to their guns they got it as dark and as broody as they could and if you compare like that's why black sheep is is kind of a good companion to this to view the two together because the genetic engineering scenes and laboratory in this movie like the yeah. the, the lab in black sheep was positively pantomimic and comical and it looked like it was from alien resurrection yeah and, and in fairness black yeah. sheep's lab they probably spent way more money but black sheep's lab was clearly a comedy lab whereas the lab i'm using finger quotes it's definitely not a lab <laughs> yeah it's just it was just what they could throw together but like it was clear that they were trying to make a real lab like it didn't have glass jars with things floating it was just a metal table right it was just like a butchery table yeah yeah they were trying to make it look convincing as a lab but with no money Mm -hmm. and the one in black sheep they had a little bit more money but they didn't bother making the lab look convincing because it's a comedy film so i have a question about ireland and films in general do they like our great northern neighbors canada have a grant system that you can apply to to get money to make movies 100 percent you know? Okay. It's it's yeah. it's unlike the Canadian system though, it wasn't abused brutally. There was a whole debacle there in Canada where people were claiming X on the grant but skimming off the top, which is why you wound up with movies where the effects budget had been blown and you have Ernest Borgnine under the scene a submarine and what's been rear projected in front of him is the inside of somebody's goldfish tank. <laughs> but that's that's a movie, I forget the name of it. But yeah, we do have a grant system. I think and the national lottery as well chip in as well. I think this film has had some help. I just want to say with regard to casting, I thought what, what was with a marvellously smart choice was the evil professor, let's call him that, the stock genetic evil professor, they didn't cast an Irish person. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was smart casting because having him been kind of pan-European sounding. Again, it was an obvious, we need to play this deadpan serious. We don't want an Irish lilt in his voice. Let's get someone who can kind of do a quasi... He just kind of had a very generic European accent, but I thought it was smart casting. And also foreigners are scary. Well, that's the thing. You don't know where... But the fact that he had a slightly foreign accent, he could be like some Eastern European Cold War guy. You don't You don't know. You don't think about it. It's just like, oh yeah, like mad scientist with a foreign accent. But if he was like mad scientist with an Irish accent, if you're watching it as an Irish person, you're like, I have a bunch of questions. Yeah. <laughs> like... How did this guy, even though we shouldn't, strangely enough, right? If you did a reverse, like you had an American film, like it's a space station in space and there's like mutant monsters running around. In that context, you could have the mad scientist have an Irish accent. And I don't think anybody would raise any questions because it's set in the future and it's on a space station. It's just now. Like if you set one contemporary and you have a mad scientist with an Irish accent, you're like, okay, I got got questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny. An Irish villain can be difficult to do. I mean, I'm trying to think of, has that ever worked well? And the thing that I've come to immediately in my head is Halloween 3. That worked brilliantly. The Irish villain was great in Halloween 3. He wasn't real Irish. He was Irish american but yet he had an irish lilt in his voice oh that's right that's right i'd forgotten i'd swapped that actor i it's an unforgivable sin i swapped him with the older guy from robocop but it's not the older guy from robocop at all it's the other guy yeah but he was in robocop though but you remember that the head boss the head of ocp in robocop yeah the head of ocp who played captain jellicoe in star trek the next generation I, we're going off on a tangent anybody want to say anything about else about us isolation i do wish that the bolt gun 
wasn't so prominent in the second half. Ooh, yeah. I felt like they overused it a little bit. Like, it was really powerful, yeah. uh, like, when it was more sparingly used, but then it, it started to get a little goofy how much it was getting featured. Although, I, I, and I hear you, although I, the scene I found difficult was when the itinerant man realized he wasn't getting out of the lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like, oh, this is, this is rough. He's just realized he's not getting yeah. out of the lab. <laughs> That's where I wish they had stopped using it because that, like, that was really unexpected um, and cool. But then, like, it he kind of brought it with him and it got a little goofy after that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the brutal farm life scene with the cow and the like fetus that they're yanking out into having to use the bolt gun on these animals was like rough. The bolt gun added a lot of just like, oh, oh this is nasty to it. But yeah. as soon as it started being used on people, it was like, oh, this is just a weapon to kill people with it became a little more generic perhaps if they used it only once on a person because it's a fairly brutal weapon but you see again i like a lot of these movies they had a cheap bag of tricks and the problem is when you have a cheap bag of tricks you can wind up kind of exhausting your resources yeah, it's a small bag of tricks it's a small bag of tricks what i did like i still don't really have in my head and i've watched this movie several times a clear picture of what the creature actually looked like kind of like a pink fleshy alien with spiky do, do we see it do we see the full creature at any point so we get like the baby monster and the the big finished monster right and the baby monster when it comes out of the calf looks like some crawfish with just some bones stapled to it or whatever and the big one looks like just a slug that has bones coming out of it with a cow head yeah here's here's what i think it was just from the flash is very similar i think it was about two foot long because there's one scene in it where it's like oh the cow puppet like i said no money and i think the cow puppet just wasn't that scary looking when they'd met it and so they had to use it very sparingly and it just looked like a a larger version of the fetal thing where it was like like brian brian called it a crawfish i it was curled up in the way fetus things are all curled up and had bony projections coming out of its back and so i think that's what the bigger one was there's a scene near the end where the farmer dude is trashing around in that pit with it you see i think it wasn't that big i think it was only two foot long kind of like a snake with a cow kind of head and with, like bony projections on it. I think it was like more envisioned as like a like a slithery, swimmy type thing. So is it a slug or is it like a inchworm? I think it would have looked like an inchworm if you saw it fully. Th- that scene, I mean, I, I liked the last sequence in the pasteurization thing. We, I mean, we've already mentioned it, the way it looked and all the tubes and obstrusions coming out of the wall and the girl in the pit. And, and there, w- there was a piece in that, whether it was deliberate or not, it felt like, is this a clearly placed piece of comic relief that was sort of needed where it was the only time I laughed out loud where he's walloping the thing and it's not working and he just goes fucking work (laughs) was that meant to be just uh, I don't know maybe it was supposed to be but the whole film was so bleak I I tell you I don't think anybody laughed during that part I only laughed when you were talking about how much you hate farms and caravan (laughs) enthusiasts caravan enthusiasts the one thing about the itinerance is that that was the only thing I remember watching it the first time going those two people that they cast as itinerants don't look like I itinerants whatsoever oh for sure they do not only one of them was supposed to be an itinerant the guy's a traveler and the girl's brothers don't want their sister going out with a traveler okay so the girl the girl and her people are not travelers yeah they're, but they're, they're just paranoid, that, and that's why they've run away. There's a whole nother Irish movie there. But yeah, actually, that makes more sense. But um, can we, do we need to talk about how this movie ended? Yeah, probably. Can we talk about the slurry pit first? 
Yeah. <laughs> the guys, these guys like the flurry pit. <laughs> I mean, as much as one can. Did the two Americans here know what a slurry pit was? No. Oh my god, it's so horrible. <laughs> well, a slurry doesn't have to be what a slurry pit is. A slurry can be any liquid, just mixed up, right? But slurry pit is very distinct. You made a point of this. They're, they're all filled with, like, feces of some description. There's no, like, slurry pit in Ireland that's filled with, like, food runoff, let's say. Uh, it's, it's, all, it's all animal waste, and yeah, it's just so gross. So disgusting, but yeah, but one hundred percent a real thing. So there's this lake of lake of filth at the farm, and that's not a like a thing they made up for this movie. That's just a thing that happens. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how liquidy they are because that one was obviously just liquid. I have never fallen into a slurry pit. I I don't know anybody who has. Maybe you should try it. No, <laughs> just to butt in here, and this is there was a case here a couple of years ago, and it. it I, can't, I mean, it was in the papers and that, but yeah, a father and two sons. The father fell into the slurry pit. The son went after him. He got into trouble. The other son went in and the three of them drowned in the slurry pit. Yay, Ireland. See, this is what I'm talking about. Farms, man. I just don't like them. I do not like farms. I, I will agree to not eat beef ever if you agree to not not have a slurry pit that people can fall into and, and then to put that my I, that thought in my head but um yeah just the idea of a, a, a father and two sons being wiped out in the space of probably 5 minutes less horrible horrific yeah. so yeah the movie knew that they wanted their main character to have to go into this thing and i i think we were all saying that it would have worked better if he had just fallen in somehow but he like he chooses to go into the pit because they're like maybe the monsters in the pit we looked everywhere else and so he gets a tractor and he just like Mm. (laughs) drives it in trying to like ferret this thing out and of course like the tractor stalls and so then he has to wade through this pit i mean it's it's funny i think michael who didn't grow up on a farm complaining about farms you know (laughs) you 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 can see (laughs) but no but you can see the cathartic or therapeutic nature from the director who did grow up on a farm and there was obviously these things that he probably witnessed a difficult calf birth when he was a child he probably witnessed oh, sure. he probably witnessed the bolt gun he probably witnessed the slurry tank i watched i watched an interview with him but i couldn't find it i watched an interview with him years ago yeah about him and, and how he grew up and you get that sense off the film that it's cathartic and, and therapeutic and he's also channeling alien and thing all these other movies that he probably grew up with um I, I like this movie, I, I, and I liked the um, the baby monsters, the little spiky thing, and they were such a cheap effect. They looked delicious. You fry that shit up, put some <laughs> butter on it. Talking mm. um, about the story, but do we need to talk about how we felt about the shock ending? I thought it was a bit telegraphed. Mm, predictable. Yeah. Yes, but I didn't mind it. Too, I don't know, was it supposed to be a shock ending? You know, because there's some endings where it's like, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Oh, look, it's happening. I don't know. Was it like supposed to be a surprise? Because we all knew. I think nobody in the room was surprised that happened. But we were just, we were more surprised that the movie was willing to be, to, to be that dark and bleak. It's just like, oh, it ends that the girl is pregnant and she's pregnant with the thing that has the same genetic virus the retrovirus that reprogrammed the thing as the cows so she's going to give birth to a human version she's going to give birth to a baby with oversized teeth first and then that baby is going to die shortly afterwards and have a bunch of these human skeletal it's grotesque 
I just want to note that all three films, even though they don't, I mean, I guess it's very obvious when you're doing a horror film about livestock and stuff, and Isolation has the subtlest version of it, but that fear of transpeciation, like the fact that being on a farm makes you more animalistic and then like literal crossbreeding with the animals. Black Sheep did it for the laugh. Billy the Kid also did it for the laugh. But Isolation has the subtlest version of the being contaminated by your time on the farm thing. I don't even know. I'm not even sure it was the guy consciously doing it, but it seems like it's kind of a, of a transpeciation kind of fear. What I got was just fear of like genetic tampering at the time, because this was made around when people didn't understand that as well as they do now. Yeah, I suppose the early 2000s, you had Dolly the Sheep. And I wonder, was Dolly the Sheep the inspiration for Black Sheep? Oh, it has to have been. Probably, somewhere. This movie was uh, 2005, people. I got it in the video store. Then, like, it was often word of mouth, explaining to my other friends, going, oh, no, no, it's it's really good. It's about, what it's about, It's, it's mutant cows. And then they would laugh. And then you have to explain, no, 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 they do it really well. And, of course, that's the strength of the movie. But I know we're talking about the shock ending. That visual that they used twice in the movie, the video monitor, the grainy video close-up of these little things snapping, and it gets closer, and the snap and the teeth get more pronounced. The ultrasound. And they use that twice. They use it at the end, and they use it earlier on in the movie. But, like, that's a cheap effect, right? It's some kind of a practical thing they set up. They shot it with grainy video. That scared the shit out of me the first time I saw it. It really, it really disturbed me. I found it a really disturbing visual. And the way the camera pulls in on it. And, and that shot cost pennies. But it was well executed for what it was. I didn't really like that one. But I know what you mean. Like there's a shot in the original ring. Where it's just a slow zoom on a photograph of people with distorted faces. And there's obviously some spooky music probably on top of that. And so it's just a slow zoom on a photograph of distorted ghost faces, like the faces Lagan doesn't like. And that was like, nope, I don't like it. Don't like it. No, unsubscribe. Don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, so lots, lots of things to like here. And as I said, if I was to level criticism at it, you see, it's different coming from an Irish perspective, but I can see how somebody could easily look at this and go, this is just kind of a naff thing, alien ripoff, which in some respects it is. Um, but I, I felt he did enough with it to make it his own. The other movies he's made are definitely worth a look. What, what, are, the, what are the other movies? Did you say the name? Of- he's made two other movies that are worth a look. One is called Scintilla, which also gets branded as hybrid which is about old Cold War genetic experimentation. It's the same thing in that it achieves a lot on a low budget and plays it deadpan serious. The other movie he made is more recent, which is called I Am Not a Serial Killer. And the main star in that is actually Christopher Lloyd. Oh, you were telling me about that one, yeah. And again, that has a very silly premise, but plays it deadpan serious. And both those movies, they're low budget but they're definitely worth a look. Like, he, he, he can craft a movie, this guy. And Scintilla and I'm Not a Serial Killer, if you're bored, i check those out. Yeah, the I Am Not a Serial Killer, I would definitely want to watch. The fact that he got Christopher Lloyd to, to be in that is impressive as well. I was going to say, Scintilla only gets 4.7 stars on IMDb, but what does Isolation get? I didn't ever even check. I bet you it gets garbage. Under 6, it's like 5.8. Oh, well, 5.6. So, yeah, so those giant Hollywood blockbusters get 5.6. And so this Isolation film, which was made for very little, I would say... I don't even know, does the is the box office on here? So it's probably not. It was made for 2.9 million? 
GB pounds? That was that's even a little higher than I thought it was going to be. That sounds a little high considering the the quality of the monster puppetry. No, I'm just yeah. disappointed. Like this Billy O'Brien guy, like he's another Mike Flanagan. He should he should be getting uh, better work. He just he just we, we've brought this up before. And it's one of the disadvantages of the the system where you give out grants to make movies is people in Canada and people in Ireland and any other places where you give grants to give out movies, they're used to being able to concentrate on the art and then they just get handed money by the government and then just make movies. And, oh, my God, they're, they're, whether or not they get to make movies is entirely dependent on their skill at that. Whereas in America... You have to be able to do the hustle as well. And a lot of these European directors and the Canadian directors probably aren't great at the hustle. And so, yeah, they'll get left totally left behind. Like, the, the, like they won't, without the ability to do the hustle, they're not... Like, I know artists who moved from Europe to here on the island and they just stopped doing art because they couldn't figure out how to... Oh, wait, you mean I have to make art and sell it to people and I only get to make art if people like it and want to buy it. And I know that sentence sounds bizarre to any Americans listening. But yeah, in Ireland and other places, you can just kind of be an artist and the government kind of pays for you to be an artist. And whether or not anybody likes your stuff is kind of secondary. You kind of have to make films in America for anybody to know that you make films. It's less true than it used to be, but it's still mostly true. Mm -hmm. I heard that some of those crazy EU countries give grants for LARPing because that's art. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say we've said enough about isolation, but I'm not a serial killer's worth look because it's it's a great premise. Small town Americana, town that almost looks like it's caught in the past. Young teenager who is his family business is um, embalming and preparing dead people for coffin, and there's a history of of, of murders in the town, and he starts to suspect that the town barber, played by Christopher Lloyd, might be responsible for it. But as he probes. He also starts to suspect that maybe he isn't a human. Yeah, <laughs> cool. It's a great premise. It's very Stephen Kingish, but good Stephen King, not shit Stephen King. <laughs> that which is, uh, which is not much of it. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to say about isolation is the more I think about it, the less scary this monster is. It feels like if you were in an open area. Sort of like if you think about zombies too hard, it's like, this is dumb and I would defeat the worst apocalypse ever. It's like, if you had any distance between you and this monster, there's no way that it could catch you. And you just go get an axe and you chop it up and that's it. So a lot of the monsters in Silent Hill, they're not actually that dangerous. It's just that they're so gross that you don't want to deal with them. Like you feel... Like when those little like weird little baby things with the knives are coming at you, you you feel gross for having to deal with them. And I think this monster is one of those. I don't know if there a name for that where it's not actually. I mean, this monster is dangerous because even if you survive an attack from it, you'll get infected by this virus thing. But if it's just in terms of like raw, it's killing you. I don't think its ability to kill you is is like very good. Like you said, if you had distance and all that kind of stuff. But it's the fact that there's a great shot where after the monster is dead or mangled, we get a close up shot of its eye. And it has a big baby cow eye, a big brown baby cow eye sitting in the middle of all of this gore. And I think, yeah, Brian, you were laughing, but I think that was on purpose. Like it's a to yeah. make to to contrast 
how disgusting the monster is, but then it reminds you at the end that it's a baby cow. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about it. It's like it's one of these monsters where you almost you feel sorry for the monster too. Like you know, you're like, oh, everything about this is bleak. Yeah, it's just doing what comes natural to it. Yeah, I remember yeah. that shot, and I I agree completely. It never wanted to be born. Okay, there is end our conversation about isolations. Shall we? Oh. <laughs> Shall we? I, I, I might introduce this movie because I, well, I've been I've been gearing up. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to prepare myself. Okay. Hey, Christian. Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the Revenge of Billy the Kid. It came out in my birth year, nineteen ninety two. And it is probably, like, the grossest movie that's ever been put together. <laughs> you know how they say that, like, a bunch of chimpanzees together on a typewriter would eventually write Shakespeare? I think this is the equivalent, but with, like, a bunch of preteen boys. <laughs> At any point there's, like, any moment of silence, the sound guy put in a fart noise. <clears throat> there's a family, the McDonald's, a bunch of farmers, and they have their own little island. And the movie starts with just spending a whole lot of time watching them struggle to survive. One of the brother is really accident prone. Like he shoots, he literally shoots himself in the foot. The other brother's a little more put together. Uh, and then the dad is a drunk that brews his own moonshine. And the younger daughter, like, is their connection with the mainland. Like she brings their goods to trade with the mainland. And she has dreams of like leaving and finding romance with this mainland boy. One day, the mother notices that their goat hasn't been giving milk. And so she's like, hey, pa, take this goat to get a, have a good lay so that she'll start giving milk again. And on the way, the dad's like, fuck it. I, instead of finding a goat, I could just fuck, fuck this goat. Surprisingly, they don't show him fucking the goat. They do a heart wipe. Uh, to uh, post-goat coitus. Unfortunately for them, it turns out that it took, and the goat gives birth to a hideous half-human, half-goat hybrid. Yep, that's... Yep. I just want to, just whether this is relevant or not, and it kind of relates to the nostal- nostalgic member berries <laughs> feeling that, inhi- that, that, that sort of preoccupies a lot of this podcast. But back to, in the early 2000s, children video shops were still very much a thing there was no streaming there was no youtube there was no effort and there was a local video store where i was working my way through the horror section and i'd almost worked my way through the entire horror section and the video store owner who was a big fat obese guy who was a chain smoker said oh you like horror movies do you and i was like yeah not sure where this is going and he he handed me a copy of Billy the Kid and said, you can have this one for free. So, <laughs> you see, the current generation will never, ever get to experience that going to a gross nicotine-stained, damp video store. It still had a little booth and a little curtain for the pornos. You know, the current generation will <laughs> never, ever get to... I mean... <laughs> oh, man. You know, the current uh, generation... Yeah, that's going to go the way the dinosaurs Well, it's eventually. gone the way the dinosaur. I mean, like, there's no part of Netflix that feels gross. You know what I mean? Whereas in the video store, it's like, oh, where am I now? The carpet is sticky. <laughs> yeah, the gross part of the internet is just a completely different website. It's not like part of Netflix, you know, because there's, there's definitely gross parts of the internet. Like if you go, like the, the only equivalent of that I can think of is like if you go to LiveLeak or something, it's like, oh, I'm watching a video of a bum fight on LiveLeak. I feel gross. Yeah, you had to you had to get there. The point I'm making is the, the video guy who had the video store was called Fat Frank because he was enormous and he was a chain smoker. 
But like, wouldn't it be wonderful if Netflix had like a little a little avatar popped up that went Fat Frank recommends, you know? Uh, <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> that's a different streaming. Oh uh, yeah, that that would actually be great if instead of an algorithm, it had like little avatars that had their own personality, yeah. and then you could. You had to decide whose personality you were most closely aligned with. It's like, oh, that Frank, Frank, Frank guy is usually right. What do I got? The human centipede part three. Uh, we are not going to do justice to describing the visceral grossness of every scene of this film. And it's not even, it's like mundane grossness. Like people farting and picking their noses. Everything is wet covered mouth in dirt sounds. and wealth wet. Yeah, the sounds of eating and everything is just so, like, muddy and, like, everyone's covered in mud. Everything is damp, everything is dirty, the farm is filthy and disgusting. But what I will say about this film, like, I know some people hate it, a lot of people love it. What I like about this film is the filmmakers had the courage of their convictions. They purposely said, and competently, with very little money said, we're making something that's absolutely hideous. You know, that wasn't accidental. No, no, it was 100% purposeful. And, and speaking of the, 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 the how well-crafted it was in terms of like, if I had to eat a soup that was made of tepid water with a bunch of scrambled egg floating in it, maybe with a squirt of tomato sauce on top, and I had to eat that soup while watching this movie or watching The Human Centipede, hands down, I would pick The Human Centipede Every time. Show me that Asian guy pooping at the girl's face while I chew down on this scrambled egg. Because there is no way I could eat anything while watching <laughs> Revenge of Billy the Kid. Yeah, for sure. It's heinous and it's gross. And there's a few things in it that I don't know what you get away with now. I feel like there's a lot of racism in this movie. Is there a lot of racism in this movie? I don't remember racism. The only thing I can think of that's even close to racism is the guys are caricatures of like the worst, your worst memories of farm people. Well, I guess if you live on a farm, you might know somebody like this. It's like, oh, they're not talking about me. They're talking about those other guys up the road. And in fairness, I guess they isolated to just one family. It's one gross family. Family. they're not saying that like all farms are like this that's the only thing i can think of is like it's like rural country bumpkin bigotry yeah christian you sent that little making of featurette thing that i watched yeah and i couldn't i didn't get a clear image you you've now informed me that billy o'brien grew up on a farm from isolation yeah if you had said that he didn't grow up on a, on a farm but he had an uncle yeah. who had a farm and he was forced to spend summers out on the, his uncle's farm i would have also got oh, okay that that makes sense but uh i don't know were these guys did these guys grew up on a farm because it seems like a cur- like it seems like a cartoonish version of yeah. horrible rural it's very cartoony very live action cartoon but it's also got a seedy grossness that I, I don't some of the stuff i don't know what you get away with now i mean one of the most hideous scenes is is when he comes in and sees his wife and goes are you on your period yeah <laughs> jesus christ that scene lasted way too long similar to christian's story about the uh We'll get in the CD video store. So Christian got that DVD or whatever it was. Was it a DVD or a VHS? It was definitely VHS. I think it was DVD. No way. This so. was never released on DVD. Oh, I think it, I think it was. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Anyway, Christian gave it to me and I watched it. 
And I was like so blown away by this movie and how gross it was. I need, I, I felt the need to get out, get it out of me. Yeah, I bet you did. I, I, I was visiting my girlfriend at the time and I started explaining to her this film I'd watched at the weekend and I was a bit younger. And then you fucked. And then you broke up? Well... <laughs> You could say I explained this film to her and then we broke up if you skipped a whole bunch of other bits. But that would be, I mean, it would be one of the contributing factors, certainly. (laughs) Inability to detect of how, because we were on a bus. We were sitting on a bus and I was telling her. She was trapped. She was trapped. (laughs) And I was telling her about this gross movie I'd watched. And there was other people on the bus too. And I was like, I was trying to express to her how amazingly disgusting this movie was. But even the fact that I was a younger man and I couldn't detect. That's what I love about Amelia and American women in general is they, is they vocalize their, their, their feelings very prominently. Sometimes even when you don't want to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my girlfriend spent the whole time squirming. And trying to send out subtle messages to me to shut up that she just never, like, never, like, she never said shut up. If she said, please stop talking, I would have. But she didn't. She just expected me to be able to detect that she wanted me to shut up. She didn't like it. She didn't like me describing this gross movie. This movie goes from, here's some, like, rural country bumpkin comedy slapstick stuff too uncomfortable very quickly. Yeah. I think it was right at the heart wipe. Because the heart wipe is the only time I've ever seen the heart wipe. And it's when the old patron of the family is taking the goat to town to get the goat fucked so it'll make more milk. And then he fucks the goat instead and makes Billy the hybrid goat man. Billy the hybrid goat man. What was different about this movie to other... Is this even a horror movie? Is that It's not like this thing scampers off and comes back and kills them. Well, it does that, but... They have it in their house first. They have yeah. it as a pet, as a slave. It's a pet initially, and the threat level seems to be quite low for a time. But then it gets a taste for flesh. <laughs> the flesh it gets a taste for is the grandfather's flesh, which they put on their muck pile. Oh, they just fuck them out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this movie because, yes, it's heinous, but it, I love things that have the courage of, of their convictions. It committed to this dreadful idea. And it saw it through with such enthusiasm. And competency. That's the thing we were talking about, is that it's so bizarre because it is competently made. Yeah, there's a lot of complex feelings about this movie. It's 90 minutes, it pounds along, it's entertaining, it's action-packed. You know, they decide that this is going to be gross, so let's turn gross up to 11. Fuck, it's even got a redemption arc in it. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's a couple of scenes that are just heinous. But I enjoy I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it more when I watched it now because back in the early 2000s, well-made, slick, polished horror was very much in vogue. You had things like The Ring and The Grudge in theaters. And I remember watching this and being fairly appalled by it and not enjoying it and thinking, what is this? That's what, that's what Lagan and Brian went through because I watched them go through it. Yeah, but yeah. it's funny. When I revisited it now, all those years later, I really enjoyed it because of its courage, the courage it had, the convictions it had. You know, it is what it is. And uh, it's bonkers. It's batshit crazy. It's funny. It's it's a movie that makes you feel dirty. Like even yeah. the, the, the the poor the poor picture quality and video quality. You know, it nearly feels like there's grease coming off the screen. You know, it just feels oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, it definitely felt like I needed to take a shower 
and not look at myself while I was taking that shower. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to bring up, and I meant to look this up before the film, but I, I didn't even know how to Google it properly, so I, I kind of, I didn't, is the disgusting, lecherous old man as stock comedy character in English things. And I was thinking of the, the, the dad of the family... I meant to look up, was he in anything else? I can't imagine he was in anything else. Yeah, you know, I'm on his IMDb and he's got a bunch of stuff. Oh, good, great. What What are the things... In this movie, he sounded like maybe he was classically trained, like theatrically trained. So I meant to ask, because I'm not sure, because uh, America likes its things looking nice, like all its sitcoms with freshly laundered people. The gross old man who's really lecherous as a comedy character. And I'm thinking of Christian, you know, Sidney James from the goddamn carry on films where it's like the joke is that it's a horny old man. Like this is the thing about like the, the, the English version of him is these horny old men. It's not that they're constantly frustrated in their efforts. These are horny old gross men who fuck and like they get to have sex and you're there going, Oh God. Oh Jesus. No. Why? Ah, gross. And that's kind of the joke. And I don't think there's an equivalent of that. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't. Yeah. There isn't one of those here. He was in Batman. Batman? He, 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 was, in, he was in Batman. He, which, you go on his Batman? IMDb and it's one of the longest the, the, IMDb's like, I've ever first, seen. Like just Batman with um with Michael Keaton. He was he was a scientist. Yeah, yeah. Batman. He was in Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get Batman on the back of this movie? What else have you done? Uh... That's amazing. But it looks like Revenge of the Kid was his last movie role. Oh, well, that makes oh. sense. Before he that died. That perfect fucking sense. <laughs> he must have got Batman. Was he? Did he get Batman and then do this? That's weird. Yes. <laughs> That's really fucking weird. <laughs> What's the last movie you were in? Batman with Michael Keaton. What are you working on currently? I'd rather, I'd rather not say. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) After you do Batman, the offers are going to be coming in all the time. (laughs) Yeah, this movie's fucking gross. Something I definitely didn't remember the first time I watched this. Incest. Was incest suggested in this movie or did I read it wrong? Yes, it was implied a lot. Like every other scene there was innuendo about incest. Well, here's the here was the incesty thing I noticed. I, I didn't notice too much of it, but I noticed this part was the when the girl is describing her feelings for the off the, the off island boy, the mainland boy, she says, I get a funny feeling. Like I sometimes get when I'm having a bat with my brothers yep that's like she's this is an adult woman right and and like actually i guess it's not even better if she was a child but so it's it's an adult it's implied that the adult woman still has a bat with her adult brothers and that like it gives her tingly feelings and it's like yep and even before that when she goes to like i don't know barter or sell her farm goods on the mainland uh the mom's like don't talk to any strange man except your father. And that's like right right at the beginning of the movie. And I'm like... Mm. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a couple of things that made me uncomfortable uh, that I don't think you could get away with now. But apart from those, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I quite enjoyed the bit in the bar where the poacher comes in and his face is all turned up. That was great. That was, that was a hilariously funny scene. All of us laughed at that part where, yeah, all the, that scene in the bar... 
<laughs> it's Will. <laughs> who's who's Will? <laughs> Will. Oh no, not poor Will. Oh, Will, Will. And then it cuts to your man. Who the fuck is Will? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. I think the most frustrating part of this movie, though, is the ending. Fuck this ending. They defeat Billy the Kid in this show off. The boy mainland boyfriend like does a suit up montage and comes in on a motorcycle and everything. And they blow up the shack with Billy the Kid in it, but then it just cuts to, like, their smoking shoes, so they didn't get far enough away, and they got blown up, too? Like, what the fuck? I fucking hate that. Like, they go through the whole arc of, like, building this relationship, and, like, the redemption of the, the country girl... Like, not being a piece of shit like the rest of her family, and then they just kill everybody, and nothing matters. And the end. Fucking hate this ending. <sighs> it's almost as if this film is goading you to turn it off. Like, yes. It's like, why are you still watching this? Oh, you're still watching it? Here's another fart noise. Oh, God, you're still here? Here's a gross sex scene between the two, the, the matriarch and the patriarch of the family. Oh, you're still, you're still here? Oh, God damn it. What else can I do? But, like... I don't know. It was very competently made. It was like a, the film that punishes you for watching it. It's very aware of what it was doing. Yeah, I liked this movie. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say it. I still don't know if I did or not. Shall we do our final push? Our yeah. final sploosh? Yeah. So who shall, flop, go, flop. who shall go first? Uh, I enjoyed that we had a variety of livestock. We had uh, sheep, cow, and goat. Um, and it was also three very, very different movies. Which is kind of interesting. That being said, you can watch Isolation on your own. You can watch Black Sheep with friends. And I, I, we really need to delete Revenge of Billy the Kid from history. I, I like, I understand that it is a marvel of, of a, it's a gross accomplishment, but I, no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, my, my final push is that I think Isolation is overlooked and underrated. Silly idea, but very competently and uh, skillfully made, and they really commit to... It's a horror movie that has the courage of its convictions. Worth a look for any horror fan. Black Sheep, it's worth a look for the practical effects, but uh, to me it was the weakest of the three. Billy the Kid is heinous. It's also marvellous. That's all I'll say about it. I think Isolation was a bit samey, so you can. I think you can skip that one. Black Sheep, you can watch with friends. It's a good uh, comedy horror movie. And Revenge of Billy the Kid, I'm still kind of processing. It might be <laughs> one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, and it might just make me want to go vomit after this again. So definitely watch that with friends or skip it. Your life will be better for both. <laughs> so I would say Black Sheep is the safest of the of the three. Just watch that. You can watch that with friends. And I've, I'm not sure is it good enough to watch by yourself. But uh, it's certainly you'll have fun if you watch it with friends. Isolation is good enough to watch. It might be only good enough in the context of, oh, wow, look, it's an Irishman film that's actually kind of bleak. And so it might be more of a like a, like a student of film type watch it by yourself. I'm not actually sure it's that much fun to watch with friends. Billy the Kid, don't don't get caught watching that by yourself. Don't like don't, don't <laughs> like put put it on with friends. Make a pact beforehand that you will not speak about it afterwards, and watch that one with friends so that you have someone to like. Don't don't have it. Don't try to eat anything. Don't do dinner in a movie with Billy and the Kid. Have an alibi. Yeah, don't maybe a glass of water. Like maybe yeah, drink have a glass of water to drink. 
with Billy the Kid. But and yeah, maybe watch it with friends because you, you'll need each other to get through it. I think. Would you prefer to get caught watching Billy the Kid or weird porno? Weird porno. Weird weird porno. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah. I think weird porn is more socially acceptable than this movie. I'm just curious. Doesn't really cut it for Billy the Kid. <laughs> <laughs>